Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Lord, we love your we love your presence. We love your word. We love your house, Father. And come, Holy Spirit, and now just settle our hearts. Father, I give you thanks for the word that you've highlighted to me this week to share for such a time as this. God, I I pray against distractions. I pray now we come and we're still and we listen, Father, to the words that you have spoken to me to share to the people today. Father, you are moving and you're at work and I pray that every heart in this room and online and who's to hear it in the future will receive something from you today. Holy Spirit, and that is my prayer. We give you all the glory too. Lord, we love you heaps. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Has anyone heard of a man called Arthur Stace? I wanna see if one hand goes up in the room. Oh, we've got three, four. Oh, good on you, good on you. I was, I was expecting maybe one or none. Okay, I'm going to ask again, if, if you still don't know who Arthur Stace is, maybe you'll know him by his other name. Does anyone know the man called Mr. Eternity? Yeah, put your hand up if you've heard of Mr. Eternity. All right, so there's some of you that haven't put your hand up yet. So there's some that are like, I've never heard of Arthur Stace and I've never heard of Mr. Eternity and probably maybe all the young people in the room haven't heard of this guy. So yeah, probably, maybe, yeah. This guy, I just want to share a little bit about his story. Uh, So Arthur Stace uh, was born in Redfern, New South Wales. Anyone else born in New South Wales? Oh yeah, come on, they proudly put their hand up. We love you, we love you, we bless you today. We love you, we bless you. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Uh, He was born in 1885, uh, Redfern, New South Wales. And he was born into poverty uh, and with alcoholic parents. And by the age of 12, he had no form of schooling. By the time he was 15, he too became an alcoholic and, and was sent to jail because he was in and out of trouble with the cops. And after he got out of jail, he then uh, enlisted into the World War I and served in World War I and then was medically discharged because of bouts of bronchitis and other recurring illnesses. And at the age of 47, he was drawn to a little Baptist church because they had cups of tea and rock cakes after the service. And him and his mates were hunting for food. So they went into this church and they stood at the back of the church with about 300 people there waiting for their cups of tea after the service. And the preacher that night preached these words from Isaiah 57, 15. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one says this, I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. And it was that verse that he heard that night from Reverend John Ridley's. And this Reverend continued saying after he preached that verse, eternity, eternity. I wish that I could sound or shout that word to everyone in the streets of Sydney. 
You've got to meet it. Where will you spend eternity? And in an interview, Arthur said, eternity went ringing through my brain and I suddenly began crying and felt a powerful call from the Lord to write eternity. And even though he was illiterate and he couldn't write, he could hardly write his own name, he left that church and wrote eternity on a sidewalk and it came out beautifully, smoothly, in beautiful copper plate script. And he said to the radio station, I couldn't believe it and I still can't to this day. So this began Arthur Stace's journey. After the age of 47, several mornings a week, he rose at 4am with a yellow piece of chalk in his hand and went to the streets of Sydney, writing the word eternity on footpaths, doorsteps, railway entrances and anywhere else he could think of. And workers would arrive and see the freshly written word, but not the writer. And he narrowly avoided arrest 20 times from the cops because the New South Wales government had rules about defacing pavements. And he would always respond back to the coppers saying, but I had permission from a higher source. (laughs) Isn't that funny? It is estimated that he wrote the word eternity over half a million times over 35 years. And this is his reason behind it. He wanted to encourage residents to think more about life's big picture and their relationship to God. And in 1964, he told Sydney radio station 2GB that he did it to help others because I believe that they're in this world for two things, either a help or a hindrance. And I know by helping other people to know that there's an eternity to face, to be ready for it is a lovely thing to know. So for several mornings a week, he arose at 4am and he wrote that word eternity for 35 years without a single person in sight. It's a great story. If you've never read the book, Mr. Eternity, I recommend it. Read his whole story. It's so inspiring. You know, I, I wonder if he was ever curious about who would read it that day. Or I wonder when he got up in the mornings, he grew tired of writing the same word over and over again for 35 years. I wonder if he ever thought, you know, is this making an impact on anyone? I wonder if he was curious if there had been salvations or people talking about it in workplaces or in homes in Sydney or any fruit from it at all. You know, did he, did he ever grow weary of doing it? You know, surely he would have had those thoughts. Because we all do, don't we? It's easy to have those thoughts like, I've been doing these good deeds for a little while now and is it making an impact or a difference? Or I've been praying for this situation a little while now and I'm getting tired. Or you've been faithful with something that the Lord has called you to and not many people see and you're just, you're growing weary. Or maybe today you have come and you're thinking, I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm ready to throw in the towel and I'm done and I quit, I quit. And we can get, we can get tired of doing good. We can become discouraged. 
We can become disheartened if we see no fruit from what we're sowing into. We can, we can become weary in doing good. It happens. It happens. And maybe you're right in this season. Maybe you've come today and you're like, you are speaking to me. Maybe you're right in this season and you're tired and you're ready to give up and you don't have much left in the tank to give out. Or maybe you're not in this season. Maybe you're like more a bull at a gate and you're saying, come on, let's get going, let's get cracking. God has highlighted a verse to me, so I hope it can help your heart today and bring some encouragement. And I believe this Scripture will speak to us no matter what season we're in. And so before we head there, I wanna just give you a snapshot of where it is in the Bible. It's Paul's letter to the Galatian church. And the church started by a result of Paul's preaching the Gospel, empowered by the Holy Ghost. And and in his time away from the church, uh, false teachers came and started teaching a false Gospel. And uh, Paul wrote this letter Um, He didn't see the situation as hopeless, but he writes this letter to get straight to the point over a number of topics. And I wanna take you to the last chapter of chapter six in Galatians. So we're gonna go there. Chapter six, verse nine is our verse for today. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now, I read this in a few translations um, and I found the Passion Translation as well and it's a, a beautiful way they put it. So I'm gonna read that to you today too. And don't allow yourselves to be weary or disheartened in planting good seeds. For the season of reaping the wonderful harvest you've planted is coming. Hallelujah. Come on. I wanna stop right here just for a moment and and I'm gonna pull a few things out of this verse. First of all, I wanna make it very, very clear to us listening that Paul never gets tired of telling us we cannot win God's favour by good deeds. So if you don't have a personal relationship with God today, whether you're here or online listening, and think in order to have one, you must stack up as many good deeds as possible to receive eternal life. I wanna let you know that your salvation doesn't rest on your good deeds. Your salvation rests on Jesus Christ and His life and death and resurrection on the cross alone, nothing else. That is truth. This is His amazing grace towards us and we're saved when we put our faith in the work on the cross. So Paul's promise is an encouragement to us to persevere, to persevere. And this word weary that Paul uses means to retreat in battle, to give up the fight, to flag in one's efforts. And the idea Paul is getting across to the Galatians and to us today is that one may get tired on the job and slacken up his work or even stop before the field is ploughed and planted. When when Mark and I lived in Japan, we were invited to the rice fields on this beautiful countryside. It was gorgeous. And... uh, 
Mark was teaching at an English school and the family in one of the schools invited our family to the hills to plant rice all day with all the Japanese families. Now, yesterday I tried my hardest to find an actual picture of us doing this because we took pictures of that day, um, but I couldn't find them because it was a long, long time ago. So I found a picture um, just to give you a bit of visual. Um, I don't know this guy. He wasn't one of our Japanese friends. It's just a random picture from Google. Um, But... (laughs) I just wanted to give you a visual. Um, I'm sure he's a nice bloke. Um, but <laughs> but um, this is what we were doing all day. And you're up to your ankles in mud. You're bent over. You've got a, a, you know, um, a handful of rice seedlings and you're just planting one after the other, one after the other. And, you know, as you're bent over and you're looking out to the water in front of you and you're thinking you've got a long way to go, um, you could easily start complaining. But, you know, they all weren't complaining. So if Mark and I started complaining, it'd be like, don't invite the foreigners back. You know, they complain too much. (laughs) But um, here we were just planting these little rice seedlings one after the other. But I can, you know, it's easy to see that you could grow weary. You can grow weary. But we stayed that day and we planted everything that we had to plant for that field. And it was a cool day. I don't know if I'd do it again, but it was a good day. (laughs) In this verse, Paul continues saying, at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. You know, when I read that verse this week, this question came to my mind. What is that proper time? What is that proper time? And I just sat in that for a moment. What is that proper time, Lord? Other translations say, for in due season, in due time, or at its proper season. You know, when, when is that? When is that? At the proper time means God's appointed season. At the proper time means God's appointed season. He, it's His appointed season. We cannot conquer time. And God is the one who appoints each moment. And our life can contain a mixture of joy and sorrow and pleasure and pain and harmony and struggle and sowing and reaping and life and death. And each season has its appointed time. And it's accepting and adjusting to the ebb and flow of God's design. So nothing will happen before it's ordained time. He reminded me of this verse, Ecclesiastes 3. There is a time for everything. And a season for every activity under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Paul encourages us not to give up because we will, not might, 
because we will reap a harvest. Genesis 8:22 says, "While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease." The harvest never comes immediately after planting. Rome was not built in a day. Plants don't grow overnight. Ash Barty doesn't win the Australian Open by training for one week. Mark and I were invited back to the fields when it was time to reap the harvest that we planted. And that day when the appointed time came, we got the phone call and was like, we're going back to the fields. It's harvest time. We went home with a bag of rice. It takes time. And we sow in one season and we reap in another. And we have a choice. We can sow evil. We can sow and, and reap destruction planning to please our own desires, You'll, you will reap a crop of sorrow and evil. If you plant to please God, you'll reap joy and everlasting life. Every action has results. And Paul's encouragement to us is that we, that you will reap a harvest. In Mark 4, 20, Jesus taught His disciples with the parable of the sower. Others like seed sown on good soil, hear the Word, accept it and produce a crop, some 30, some 60, some 100 times what was sown. So if you're growing weary today, let me encourage you that Jesus had said at the very minimum, it will be 30 fold. It's not in vain. And you may not hear about it and you may not see the fruit, but you can hold on to the truth that He is at work. He is at work. So Paul encourages us to persevere in sowing, in doing good. And it's not easy. It's not easy. And we are to be thankful for whatever fruit we get to see, whether that's a small glimpse or a whole harvest. And if you read, if you go to Hebrews chapter 11, and it speaks of many of the faith who persevered because they looked for the eternal rewards. None of them receiving what was promised in this life. They were all living by faith when they died. They didn't see any of it in their lifetime. And this is why our focus should be on pleasing God rather than looking at the amount of reaping. So let's just continue from this verse from Paul. Therefore, everyone say, therefore, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people. Everyone say, all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. And again, in the Passion Translation, take advantage of every opportunity to be a blessing to others, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith. In Matthew, we read, one of the Pharisees came and tested Jesus and he said to him this question. He said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied back to him, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and then with all your mind. And this is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. 
even though our circumstances have changed, even though we're in the thick of COVID-19, with restrictions and mandates continually changing on how we do life, we've all experienced it. Jesus' command to us has not changed. His mandate and His commission has not changed. It is still the same as it was decades ago, as it is today, as it will be tomorrow, as it will be in the future. And if you're looking for purpose right now, find it in His command to us. Love Him with all your heart and your mind and your soul and go and love your neighbour. That will never change. That will never change. Things around us change, but that will never change. And we can hang on to that because we can find ourselves waiting, can't we? I can't wait for travel to get back to normal so I can go to that country. I've said that. I can't wait until I'm in a different season. I can't wait until I can have more money so I can do things. I can't wait until I can drive to have more freedom. I can't wait to have my own home. I can't wait until this, all this COVID-19 finishes. I can't wait to get a new job. Some people have already written this year off with the mindset, it'll just be like the last year. They have, they've written it off. And we can have our eyes looking into the distance on the next seasons and we miss opportunities for us today to love Him with all our heart, mind and soul and go and bless someone. Just go and bless someone. And if you're sitting here and you're feeling lost going, what's the purpose of my life? Lord, tell me, I will answer that for you today. Love Him with all your heart, mind and soul and go and love your neighbour. Go and love your neighbour because in that you will, find, you will find purpose and you'll find joy. And we get our eyes off ourselves and we put them onto someone else. And that can start today after this service. It can start today. Paul is encouraging us to do good to all people. So all people includes people who might look and dress differently to you, broken people, hurting people, young people, old people, lonely people, people who you don't find easy to get along with people, people who the Lord may bring across your path that day. Do good to all people. Our share mate, moved in at the start of the year. And on the second night, she was there. The second night, she moved in and unpacked on the first night. The second night she was there, she came out into the kitchen and she said, Tam, could I cook your family a meal tonight? And she blessed us with cooking us all this food and, and, and cooked a meal for us and put it on the table. She blessed us. I was like, I've won the jackpot. Woo, I don't have to cook tonight. I felt blessed. The Lord must have told her, Tam's not really good in the kitchen. Just bless, bless their family. <laughs> bless that family in that department. <laughs> but we sat around the table and we had a meal together and I felt so blessed. She blessed us by cooking a meal. I've heard stories the past week of our Hands of Hope crew blessing people in their homes and some of our church family have answered a call to go and be a blessing to people in our church and also people in our community. 
and Karen is uh, doing an amazing job of heading all of that out. Um, I want to give just a shout out to Karen. If you've never met Karen at Hope Community, um, go and I'm not going to get you to stand up because I might, but go and meet Karen. Just just say to someone, "Where's Karen?" And I just need to meet Karen. So go and meet Karen. She heads up our pastoral care and our hands of hope. But Karen's great at swinging people into action and they've weeded and they've blessed people's gardens and homes. So much so that their neighbours have been talking about where are these people coming from? (laughs) You got a new gardener. (laughs) Where do you get these people? (laughs) But it's opened up opportunity for people to chat and meet their neighbours in a better way. I feel so strongly today that God is ready to bless His people. God is ready to bless His people. And we are to remember to look out for every opportunity to be a blessing to others. I've just finished reading a book called The Grace Outpouring. Someone gave it to me last week and I could not put this thing down. I tried to go slow with it, like I was just devouring it and um, I was just lying on the couch and in the book and nothing was getting done. And, um, and I thought, okay, Lord, I'll try and go slowly. And I did that for maybe a few other hours, but then I just couldn't leave it. So I picked it up again and finished it the next day. Amazing book. If you've never read it, please read The Grace Outpouring. Uh, but someone gave it to me in chapel and I went home and, um, and started reading it. It's a story about a Christian retreat centre in Wales called Faldi Brennan. I don't even know if I've said that right. Um, but I, I, wanted, I Googled it after I read the book. I Googled this retreat because I wanted to see it for myself because I'm very visual, so I need to see things. So I've got you a picture of what this retreat looks like. Can we show it, Greg? How beautiful is that? I think it's going on my bucket list. Like, can I go to Wales, Lord, and go to this place? This is epic. But this retreat has a daily rhythm of prayer, thankfulness and blessing. And people arrive on their doorstep, some planned, but some just arrive just curious of what this place is like. You can see that if you're driving around in Wales and you see this place on the hills, you can see how easily it would be to just be drawn to the place. So they have strangers just rocking up and and knocking on the door going, what do you do here? This couple created a new tradition. They created a new tradition when they arrived and when they started overseeing um, this retreat centre. They would say to their visitors, we have a new rule here, or we have a rule here about how we respond to our visitors. We like to bless them before they leave. May I bless you? So Roy and his wife would first serve them a cup of tea and then start blessing them they would say a prayer that sounded like this. I bless you in the name of Jesus to know God, His purpose for your life and His blessings on you and your family in the situations of your life. Amen. A simple prayer, yet so many times people would weep in God's presence. And this whole book has got stories of people arriving on the doorsteps of this retreat centre, falling into the Lord's presence and just seeing what God did. This approach has impacted my heart so much. And I know, I know we can all have our own individual approaches to praying for people. 
We can look for a need, uh, physical and emotional, a spiritual, and we can ask if we can pray for that person. We know that, right? We can confront and challenge a complete stranger if that's your approach, if that's your approach, if that's how God's wired you up that way. Go for it, go for it. But I've been on a journey finding my approach. What's my approach, Lord? Because we all have different approaches when it comes to people. God instructed Moses to explain to Aaron how he and the priests were to approach people. They not only interceded for the people, but they were to pronounce blessings over them as well. And the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. So they will put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. All believers in Christ share this priestly status. There is no special class of people who, you know, mediate the knowledge and the presence and the forgiveness of Christ to the rest of the believers. All believers have the authority to do this. So if you're a believer here today, you have the authority to bless people in the name of Jesus. Imagine, this week I've just been sitting on this all week, or since I've been reading and getting into this sermon. Imagine just two families here today saying that this will now become a tradition in our home. That any visitor, any person who arrives on our doorstep, we will bless them before they leave. Imagine how many people would be blessed by that. Now imagine five people saying we will have that tradition now. Imagine how many people will be blessed by what God could do. Imagine 20 of us becoming a people of blessing. What could God do with 20 homes in this area with a tradition to bless people? Imagine people arriving on the doorsteps of Hope Community being welcomed and receiving blessings from people here. It already happens. Don't get me wrong, it already happens. But imagine if we are more intentional about it. His grace would be poured out Seeds would be planted and blessings would be pronounced over them. I'm pumped. I've got a tradesman at my house at the moment um, building something for me. And, I, and I'm pumped. This, this book's just ignited some fresh fire in my heart. And I said to Mark, I can't wait till he's finished because before he leaves my home, we're praying a blessing over him and his partner if he's got one and his family and his children and his business. We're gonna bless him real good. God's really shifted something in my heart to be intentional because He can send people on your doorstep and sometimes we're just unaware and sometimes we're too busy. But He brings people to us and that can be a prayer. Lord, send them my way. Send them my way because He knows you're gonna bless them and He will. It's a prayer that He will answer. It's a prayer that He will answer. Two weeks ago, I was on my prayer walk and I said, Lord, send me a person today. Send me a person. 
And he did. There was an email that came in from a person in our community and she reached out to our church. And I knew straight away that was the Lord answering my prayer. And she came and I don't know if I'll ever see her again, but in that moment, God wanted to speak truth into her life. And she was searching. She was searching in, in lots of different places, but she was, she, she was searching. And I got to speak truth into her life. And I got to give her a Bible. I got to give her an art print. I just got to bless her. And as she walked away, I said, Lord, I don't know if I'll ever see this person again, but Father, now work, <laughs> do something. <laughs> He will answer that prayer if you say, start sending them. I started praying it last year, Lord, send them to my house. Well, now he's answered that prayer. I've got about five or seven teenagers at my house on a Friday afternoon before they come to youth. <laughs> and I walk into the house and there's about eight or nine teenagers just sitting on the couch. And he's like, well, you've prayed. I'm sending them to you. <laughs> you can't complain. <laughs> he will send the people to you. He will. It's, an, it's a prayer that He longs to answer. I hope that can be a prayer of your heart. By the grace of God and the power of Holy Spirit, Arthur continued writing his one word sermon all over Sydney streets. After his death, the New South Wales government moved to permit the use of chalk on all public public pavements in the state, passing a law known colloquially as Arthur's Law. Isn't that cool? You can now go and write on the streets of Sydney in chalk. So next time you go to Sydney, you can get your yellow piece of chalk out and write eternity on the pavement and the coppers won't come after you. Arthur Stace didn't see the harvest that came from his seeds and the legacy that now is. January 1st, the year 2000, if you're alive, then, <laughs> there's some young ones in the room. Oh, I'm getting older. Years after Arthur passed, the word eternity was illuminated in large letters on the side of the Sydney Harbour Bridge. New Year's Eve, who remembers that? Yeah, beautiful sight. Yeah, I don't know how many knew the backstory to it. Now you know the backstory. That night on New Year's Eve, more than two billion people throughout the world were said to have seen that word eternity. Praise God. Cafes, museums, newspapers, magazines, theatres, operas, galleries, some are named eternity from his life. So today, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you not to give up. The Lord is with you. He surrounds you. He sustains you. He is cheering you on. Keep doing good. Keep being faithful to what He has called you to. Keep loving Him with all your mind and heart and soul and keep loving your neighbour. Keep taking every opportunity to be a blessing to others. However, the Lord prompts you, whether it's a prayer, a meal, a kind word of encouragement, a gift, 
starting to open up your home and active service. Allow God to use you to pour out His goodness wherever He has you right now on His people, especially, especially to our brothers and sisters in the family of faith, because this is the life Jesus wants for us, to love Him and to love others and to bless Him real good. Why don't we stand, uh, church? The band is going to lead us in a song called The Blessing. And I want you to receive this blessing from the Lord Himself today as we sing these words. He wants to pour it out to you. He already has been. But today, if you wanna respond, I feel like there's two groups of people in this room. And we have got a cross over here. And as they sing this blessing, for all of us, this is for all of us, I would love it. We're in the house of the Lord. He's here to bless His people. So receive a blessing from the Lord through these words in this song. And you might like to just stretch out your hand to receive it and say, Lord, I'm stretching out my hand to receive this blessing from You. If you're at home in your living rooms, respond in some way, whether that's to stand or to kneel, but to receive what He wants to pour out for you this morning. And during this song, we've got the cross and you might like to come and just sit at the cross and just to receive this blessing as they sing these words over you and just, just be washed with the Lord's presence. And you might like to come and just sit in that space. And another group of people, He wants to mark this day as a, a people of becoming, a people of blessing. And you might wanna say, you know what? My home is gonna become, we're gonna have that tradition from this day forward. And you might just like to mark this day with a response and just an action. And you might like to just come and sit at the cross and say, my home, or when I'm at Hope Community, I'm gonna be a person who blesses others. So use this song today, however the Lord sees it, just to stand and receive, to come and sit at the cross, to get a fresh touch from the Lord. He wants to pour out His blessings to you. Thanks, Ben. Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.